Hi, welcome to In Sync, the podcast that explores the history and impact of some of your favorite music moments in TV and film. I am your host, Rachel Brodsky. And I am Aviv Rubenstein. The 2020 pitch black comedy, Promising Young Woman, is one of the most searing pop cultural reactions to come out of the Me Too era. Draped in bright pastels, Promising Young Woman tells the story of Cassie, played by Carrie Mulligan, a super smart med school dropout living a vigilante-like double life in the hopes of avenging her best friend Nina's death. Though much of Promising Young Woman is a satirical revenge fantasy where so-called nice guys are shown to be anything but, there is one seemingly lighthearted scene sent to Paris Hilton's underrated pop debut, Stars Are Blind. The tonal juxtaposition within a rape-revenge fantasy is giving whiplash, but somehow the whole thing works beautifully and just might indicate something deeper about capital N, Nice Guys. How did writer-director Emerald Fennell get Stars Are Blind in Promising Young Woman, and what did the sync do for Paris Hilton's latent music career? All that and more in this pastel pink episode of InSync. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. I feel like I missed my opportunity to wear something pink, but I don't own anything pink. It's Wednesday. On Wednesdays, we wear pink. That's true. And I realized that I didn't own anything pink when it came time to see Barbie. Oh, no. I have a pink tank top that I can loan you. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. And then I'll like swim in it like like Lindsay Lohan. Exactly. (laughs) Perfect. So, okay. uh, Regarding Paris Hilton, I do think it's important to... Take ourselves back to the year 2006 when 
Paris dropped Stars Are Blind. And remember just how not seriously people took her at the time. Yes. Like, I want to quickly talk about Paris the entity and Paris's history a bit. Because I think today she is rightfully beloved, respected, admired. She is the original influencer and turns out really, really smart. That's hot. (laughs) So Paris, she is the great granddaughter of Conrad Hilton, a.k.a. Hilton Hotels Hilton. And she was mostly known in the late 90s for being a New York party girl, along with her older sister, Nikki Hilton. Paris became a model at 19. She signed with Donald Trump's agency. Cool. Trump model management. But again, keep in mind, Trump was nothing even resembling a politician. Not that he is one now, but he was not even considered a politician even remotely at this time he was just an overblown businessman and a high society wannabe who most people also did not take seriously but i guess he had a model management yeah and and there are several uh very kind of hinky things that happened when he was doing this trump model management including like an incident at miss teen usa that is much talked about so yeah he's a real he's a real piece of work but this episode isn't about him no Paris being a model led to famed photographer David LaChapelle doing a photo shoot with Paris and Nikki for the September 2000 issue of Vanity Fair. And soon Hilton was proclaimed New York's leading it girl in 2001. And after this, this kind of leads into the reality TV series, The Simple Life, if you recall. I do recall. We're going to talk a little bit more about The Simple Life later and the crafting of Paris's persona. It is fun to revisit clips of The Simple Life on YouTube if you ever have a free afternoon, because I did not watch it when it was actually on the air. But revisiting it is wild. Wild. Now, do you guys hang out at Walmart? What? I've always heard that people hang out at Walmart. Why? I don't know. What is Walmart? It's like they sell wall stuff? No. What is it? (laughs) It's like, um... I've seen it. So Paris was on The Simple Life with Nicole Richie, her best friend, daughter to Lionel. And then came the infamous leaked sex tape with her then boyfriend, Rick Solomon. Who was 12 years older than she was. Released it. And it, well, it went viral. And all of these things taken together, you have one incredibly famous for being famous celebrity. And this is also around the time, a few years later, we get Stars Are Blind and its accompanying album, Paris. So I want to tell you that quick Paris Hilton story. Yes, please. This all takes place in the summer of 2006. I was doing an internship at XM Satellite Radio in New York. Where you met our producer, right? Close. Oh, close. close. Never mind. Close. Well, XM Radio in a couple of years would merge with Sirius. Mm. And then in 2014, yeah, I spent a little under a year working at Sirius XM. And part of that, like part of the reason why they found me, I don't 
think had to do with my interning because this was so long because I interned yeah, there like a, a decade before. Yeah. But it certainly didn't hurt in the interview process. That. And that's where you met Tommy, our producer. And that's where I met Shout Tommy, out Tommy. Sir. Shout out Tommy. Making us sound good and not stupid. Yes. So I'm like almost 95% sure that I saw Paris Hilton like on Fifth Avenue in New York. This was like a, like a statuesque, like antelope looking Antelope like is gazelle like is exactly gazelle like uh, yeah, yeah 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 this like live gorgeous like blonde woman holding a little dog and she just looked like Paris Hilton and I was <laughs> like I think that's Paris Hilton and then that same summer Paris Hilton actually at XM we would it was a really small office it was like a satellite office of the main office in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and so whenever there was a celebrity that came through the building you were always sure to see them. So Paris Hilton was not in the building, but she, I remember my boss at the time was going to interview her and this was across the way. Paris was ferried into Jazz at Lincoln Center where she did her interview and I got to listen to the interview later and help edit it in Pro Tools and she was just like, that's hot. That's hot. And I was like, oh my God, I heard of that's hot, like firsthand. (laughs) (laughs) But it was funny. Yeah. This is also 2006 is the height of Paris being Paris. And it's also like you, like for our younger or older listeners, it is tough to overstate how much of a force of nature Paris Hilton was. So much so that not only did she create the idea of like an influencer, but she also created this like TMZ kind of culture. Now, obviously tabloids and paparazzi had been around for decades before Paris Hilton, but there is an entire website, gossip website that was named after Paris, Perez Hilton. And that gave way to things like TMZ and the Gawker Stalker and all of these, these things that weaponized the internet or implicated the internet in the uh, hounding of celebrities. Extremely important context. Plus, I mean, anyone who's alive and breathing and pays even the tiniest amount of attention to pop culture knows how much power the Kardashian family has. Yes. They're basically like American royalty, for better or worse. But Rachel, what do the Kardashians have anything to do with Paris Hilton? Well, they modeled their whole careers and and I say careers plural because of all the all the sisters basically mama kardashian chris jenner yeah chris jenner i don't know if this is true this is just a a an ongoing theory that chris jenner really really wanted her second oldest kim kardashian to have a paris hilton like career and kim who was friends with Paris Hilton and would and was go like out her with her? Closet and was, organizer, yes. Or something? She or she was like her assistant or like her closet organizer. Famously, Kris Jenner really wanted all this shine for Kim Kardashian, and there is a rumor that Kris Jenner encouraged Kim Kardashian to release her own sex tape. Yeah, to follow yeah. very closely in Paris's footsteps. I, yeah. uh, you know, we can't say that this is very true or very untrue, but I have also heard this rumor and it does not surprise me. Yeah, I can see both sides of that rumor being true or untrue because that's a very well calculated move certainly but also traumatic extremely in paris's case extremely traumatic yeah yeah so paris's sex tape not intentional 
Correct. Yeah. It seems like Rick Solomon leaked it, sold it. And then once Paris said that she like, Hey, I don't remember the things that we did last night. I was a little hazed and dazed and either you gave me drugs or I took drugs, but like, this isn't, this isn't like a great thing for it to be out there. Solomon sued her for defamation. Just a real stand up guy. We just want to bring him home to mom. Yeah. Good. A uh, professional yeah. poker player, Rick Solomon. <laughs> So Paris Hilton is still very much famous. She's still very famous. Yes. Well, she is a businesswoman. She's a DJ. She is a DJ. Yes. That's, yes. that's the new thing. I mean, and and she's an entrepreneur. She has a clothing line and perfume line and all of this fashion yeah. stuff. She, in the last year, released a memoir, Paris the Memoir, um, which I would like to add to my reading list because I really love celebrity memoirs when, when they're good. And I believe this is a good one, or at least I've heard. For listeners who have read or know about Paris, the memoir, we're going to talk a little bit about Mm -hmm. a stunning revelation from that uh, later on in the episode. To offer a peek into how brilliant Paris actually is and how much we underestimated her, in her book, she writes, I'm not a dumb blonde. I was just very good at pretending to be one. So she just like leaned all the way into that and like capitalized off of it in this Totally brilliant way. And arguably, I feel like she like kept a bit more of her personal integrity compared to, a larger, to the Kada- compared Kardashians. to the Kardashians. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it, it is it is interesting to compare the two now because obviously Kim Kardashian is one of the most famous people on the planet and is a multi-billionaire and all this stuff. And it seems like Paris left some of that behind and is just like not a regular person. She's still extremely wealthy and extremely influential. But but Kim stood on the shoulders of what Paris was doing. And we'll talk a little bit more about the dumb blonde persona and how exactly she decided to hoodwink everybody in the world. Yeah. As a side note, I feel like Paris is a little bit more aware. I think she has an awareness that Kim and the majority of the Kardashian Jenners don't have. I would agree with that, yeah. I feel like a month doesn't go by where where some private jet photo or there was a Instagram recently where Kim was like, I just got my whole body scanned for a cool $5,000 and now I know what genetic like what genetic issues I'm facing down and it's like her comment I feel like there, there have been so many examples. She also did this year. She did like a nobody wants to work anymore thing. Oh yeah, she did the classic. you better work, bitch. Yeah, and I feel like the Kardashians and Jenners are like always getting caught with their with their feet in their mouth because oh of God. because of just the, the the dumbest possible things they could say about your like how they are like you or you are like them, and if you just do this, then you could right. be us. Like, they and they've have been this, sued like, for stuff like that too, like the shape up yeah. incident, and lest we forget the. Uh, infamous pepsi commercial where (laughs) kendall or kylie or one of the younger kendall jenner fixes racism yeah she fixes (laughs) racism with a pepsi although the only kind thing i will say about the kardashians as an entity is that i actually really do like their shapewear (laughs) (laughs) and if you if you could ask leanne what she thinks i thought I wonder if Leanne might agree with me. I will, I will ask. Okay, because I, I don't think you know anything about their shapewear. I know nothing yeah. about the Kardashian <laughs> shapewear. All right. Let's play a little bit of Stars Are Blind before we go any further. Some people never get beyond their stupid pride. But you can see the real me inside. And I'm satisfied. Oh, no. 
I like this. I, I do kind of like this song. I, I like this song. This song uh, reminded me. I mean, I think it reminded a lot of people of Blondie's cover of The Tide is High. Sure. And I still hear it. And I still kind of like think of both songs a bit in tandem. And yeah, it's Star. I liked Stars Are Blind when it came out. I probably wouldn't have told anybody that I liked it. I agree with that. I, and, yeah. and I remember hearing it in t- 2006 and being like, what is this garbage? And I think we talked a little bit about this of like pretending to be cool, pretending only to like things that you're supposed to like. Like this song is catchy. Like get over yourself. This song is fun and catchy. And that's all it aims to be. This is a, like a pop reggae fusion. And, and it has some great, just absolutely top tier songwriting and production behind it. So Stars Are Blind was written by Fernando Garibay, who you might recognize as the producer behind Lady Gaga's Born This Way. Which is another kind of retro Madonna sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Fernando has also written with Britney Spears, Kelly Clarkson, and Celine Dion. (laughs) Just a bunch of losers. Yeah. Nobody's. Other songwriters on Stars Are Blind include Shepard Solomon and Ralph McCarthy. And uh, it was produced by Garibay with additional production by Solomon. Solomon Jennifer- as in Shepard Solomon, not Rick Solomon. Not Rick Solomon. So Jennifer Carr was the vocal arranger and background vocalist. When Stars Are Blind came out, like we kind of mentioned earlier, no one wanted to like it. Certainly not me. Certainly not me either. I do remember music critics begrudgingly saying that it wasn't the worst piece of shit they'd ever heard. Yeah, because this was also around the time that like Lindsay Lohan came out with a record, which was very, very bad. Like, like there was a swath of these in the mid 2000s. Yeah. So I think that part of why people wanted to hate on it so much was because, well, there, there's the. She's she is not famous for anything. She's famous yeah. for being famous. And oh, now she woke up one day and said, I want to be a singer. So people, I think, generally just viewed Paris Hilton as a as an artist, as like you bought your way into this, which can I please remind everyone preach, preach sister that this like if you think that the pop industry is full of self-made people than I have an MLM I'd like to tell you about. <laughs> an iceberg to sell you. Yeah, I mean, self-made is a total myth. Even mm-hmm. even kind of authentic, quote-unquote, indie bands like The Strokes all have extremely wealthy parents that, like, financed their first record mm-hmm. and, and gave them a safety net so that they could pr- pursue their art without worrying about financial ruin. Like, the country is deeply broken. But I also think that that oh, Paris is a Nepo baby, so we shouldn't listen to her record, is like quaint now. Like, I I truly (laughs) think that now we're just like, whatever, man. Rob Schneider's daughter has a thing. Great. Yeah. We have, I think, as a society, a greater understanding of what, like, the layers are in, like, this Nepo baby is not aware, but that Nepo baby is aware. And there's, like, a language we have and, like, class divisions are a a major topic of conversation and at the time we were just not talking about this so all we when we looked at the band like the strokes we were like oh you deserve to be here you worked so hard to get here which is not untrue yeah they we're not saying that the strokes didn't work incredibly hard and that paris hilton doesn't work incredibly hard but like both 
come from extremely privileged backgrounds. It's just that Paris's was she had the Hilton name. So that, and, it was, you know. and it was in public too. And it was in public. And also like read up on Maroon 5's background. They Ooh, all boy. Like, they all went to like like the what the Brentwood school of yeah, yeah. incredibly He's like wealthy. like best friends with Jonah Hills. They're dads or best yeah. friends or something i could talk about this all day <laughs> me too and for yeah. context this is five years before rebecca black's friday came out which i think is the apex of oh my god this quote-unquote untalented always a girl her parents financed her delusional dreams and therefore she is like worthy of our scorn yeah and that also crosses over into hollywood Oh, yeah. Most child actors have parents who are financing their dreams if they're not already in the industry. That is extremely true. So a reminder that self-made is a myth and Stars Are Blind is actually a great song. We're looking for catchphrases to put on T-shirts. If you think self-made is a myth should be a catchphrase, let us know. Yeah. If you have an idea of a catchphrase for us. We are actually looking for we're that all right ears, now. <laughs> baby. Maybe we're all ears should be the catchphrase. We're all ears, baby. Yeah. Uh, anyway, as for chart performance, Stars Are Blind did surprisingly well in 2006. It peaked at number 18 on the Hot 100, which is which is good. And the second single, Turn It Up, was successful on the Dance Club Songs chart, peaking at number one. Holy shit! Paris's third and final single, Nothing in This World peaked at number 12 on the dance club songs chart so i mean this is this is honestly really setting paris up for a thriving dj career which she has yeah good for paris i want nothing but the best for her and you'll find out why soon and promising young woman which came out in 2020 if anything like i would see stars are blind referenced here or there like on the blogs yes or in podcast usually as a punchline here yeah yeah as a punchline but also like i secretly it's kind of like one of the editors of the music section at the new york times karen gans she has an ongoing i wouldn't say running joke but like her co-workers at the new york times tend to like razz her for loving um sure. ashley ashley simpson as much as she oh but, that's a great ashley yeah simpson. but ashley simpson actually has like some real bangers and her first album was like truly a great pop record. Yeah, unfortunately for her, she had an incident on SNL that she could never recover from. Yeah, which is again kind of not fair. But we're not here to talk about that. But it, this is all this is all relevant. So Paris Hilton and Stars Are Blind, kind of a joke, and up until 2020 when it's used in this really lighthearted scene in Promising yeah. Young Young Woman, which is like a really not lighthearted movie, even though it's a very brightly colored. Right, and it's still kind of played for laughs. So a little bit about Promising Young Woman. Much like Paris Hilton hoodwinked the entire pop culture landscape, Promising Young Woman's Cassie also winds up both getting hoodwinked and hoodwinking right back. So there's going to be a lot of spoilers for Promising Young Woman and a content warning. We're going to be discussing the sexual assault that looms over what would otherwise be a lighthearted romantic comedy. So... Cassie is played by Carrie Mulligan, and she's a med school dropout working at a coffee shop, living with her parents, played by the great Clancy Brown and Jennifer Coolidge. And it's known pretty early on that Cassie left medical school years earlier because something very, very bad happened to her best friend, Nina. Nina was raped by another med student named Al Monroe. And if you can believe it, the university swept the sexual assault under the rug. 
Cassie could not deal with it, especially having to be classmates with not only Al Monroe, but all of her and Nina's so-called friends who looked the other way when Al raped Nina. Weren't those friends, or some of them, in fact, implied to be in the room while it was happening? It's it's not even implied because later on in the, the pivotal scene in the movie, it, it explicitly says that they were in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, but she doesn't know that yet. And Nina ultimately died by suicide. So now Cassie is like a Dexter-style vigilante going to bars, pretending to be drunk, allowing dudes to pick her up, and exacting mild revenge on the men who try to take advantage of a drunk woman. That is until she meets Ryan, played by Bo Burnham. Perfectly played by Bo Burnham. Perfectly played by Bo Burnham, who's coming off a couple years earlier, his directorial debut, eighth grade. So Ryan is a nice guy, a nice tall guy, a tall, nice guy. (laughs) <laughs> who, he doesn't seem like the others. He's a he former, is a nice tall guy. He's a nice tall guy. Yeah. He's a former med school classmate of Cassie's. He tells her that Al Monroe is about to get married. And this puts Cassie's revenge plot into hyperdrive. And she targets all of her former classmates who turned a blind eye to the sexual assault. Meanwhile, Cassie and Ryan are slowly but surely falling in love. And this is no better evidenced by a trip they have to the convenience store where Ryan sings Stars Are Blind from Memory. Yeah, it's relatable because it's fun to hear a song like Stars Are Blind in like a grocery store or a convenience store. It, I think, kind of falls into that like 15 to 20 year. Do you not go to grocery stores and hear like a song from from your yeah, from your teens or 20s? I love like a good Michelle Branch needle drop. Hell yeah. In the the Whole Foods. In the Whole Foods. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, so the, to be clear, the song is playing over the speaker in the store and he kind of sings along to it. And there are, there are scenes like this in many movies. I'm thinking of my Sharona in Reality Bites and um, Backstreet's Back, all right, in Magic Mike XXL. Ooh, uh, also, um, this is the end. This is the end. Also has a great Backstreet. It's also the, it's the same Backstreet Boys song. I think. Yeah, this is the end. Is a movie I want to talk about someday. Yes, I, I yeah. do. I do like that movie. I like it too. So the question becomes: Could Ryan be? Cassie's salvation. Cassie starts to question whether her revenge plot is really worth it and whether there is a future with Ryan. But first, I'd like to know how Stars Are Blind wound up in Promising Young Woman. There were a lot of articles about this in 2020 and 2021 because Stars Are Blind's needle drop in the pharmacy scene was a a, a real fan favorite. Yes. So Emerald Fennell, the writer-director of Promising Young Woman, she told EW that Stars Are Blind, it's one of my favorite songs. I needed a song for this movie that if a boy that you liked knew every word to, you'd be incredibly impressed and (laughs) you'd know he had good taste. This is how I felt about Taylor when we talked about Fuel. (laughs) Yeah, you and Taylor have like a fuel thing that I'm not super uh, clear on. (laughs) Well, okay. I loved fuel because I had a giant crush on uh, Brett Scallions. Sure. Last name like Scallions. (laughs) Who like kind of resembles Taylor a little bit. Like they're both blonde with long hair. Hell yeah, dude. (laughs) You don't don't have to justify it to me, man. And And they have bangers like 
fuel has some bangers and i think that brett scallon's just a really like charismatic front man but no one likes fuel fuel is like a very undersung harrisburg like, pennsylvania's own fuel. yeah and i i lived in harrisburg yes, as a for, kid oh uh, uh, yeah right yeah yeah it was a brief but pivotal time in my coming of age <laughs> and, if we are yeah. totally over your head with fuel stuff you might know their song shimmer Shimmer was like their biggest. Go biggest. listen to Shimmer. Anyhow, I, I will die on this hill. They are incredibly underrated, at least in the late 90s and uh, early 2000s. And it was just like I had not been with anyone before that I could like admit my love of fuel. <laughs> okay. At, like I have been with some snobby ass people, like in terms of partners. And in fact, in the recent pat, like my partner before Taylor. Like we'd be in the grocery store together and then like some Vertical Horizon song would come on and I'd be like, oh, shit, you'd this be, Vertical Horizon be the Bo song is in this moment. Yeah, I'd be yeah. the Bo Burnham and then I'd start singing to it and he would just look at me like I was insane. Um, Like, how can you even? And these are like moments that I live for where you're just doing the most boring things like the most mundane things and then like some song that absolutely rips from your early childhood it might not rip for anyone else but at least like appreciate if you love me appreciate that this is like an important like song for some reason and so well taylor is just a stand-up guy and he could he could get down with that and anyhow i've gone on way too long about this we're a big we're pro taylor on this podcast yes it's a pro taylor podcast so anyhow, back to what Emerald Fennel was telling EW about how stars are blind wound up in Promising Young Woman. She said, it's a brilliant song. It's one of my ultimate bops. I guess I wasn't so interested in someone who knew the whole Rolling Stones catalog. It's like, good for you. Of course. Of course you do. <laughs> and that would be like uh, yeah. the Wes Anderson version of this, right? Yes. Yes. Fennel also told Billboard around the time that she was going for like a classic rom-com moment, which I think this this scene definitely succeeds in. It, it's like a real tonal shift to this montage of falling in love and doing silly things together that you just enjoy in a renewed way for, for the first time because you're doing it with someone that you like to be around. And she said, I think it's so brilliant. So part of it for me was having a scene where it had to be kind of a classic rom-com moment where two people sort of fall in love. And I had to think of what song, if a man knew every word to it, would make me fall in love with him. And it definitely wasn't, so she references the Rolling Stones again, it definitely wasn't the Rolling Stones deep cuts or some very esoteric French 1920s LP. It was Paris Hilton Stars Are Blind because that guy is the guy that I want to get to know. Hell yeah. Uh, I want to read another little part of this EW interview because it kind of like provides some background onto how Fennel met Hilton. I think after she, she uh, I think that she yeah. decided that she. So this movie does all of the things that they tell you as a writer not to do, which is to write specifically a specific song into the movie and to have your characters sing it. Because then, if the artist says no, you are exactly fucked. And yeah. so <laughs> they put. I think that she, they even put the song into the movie. Before she talked to Hilton. Fennel knew that she wanted to make sure the song was in it. And she, I think, wrote a letter to Paris to ask for her permission. And she agreed. Fennel, later, she thought that the tipping point was just meeting Paris in an unlikely way. They just happened to meet out. And she 
was pretty sure that Paris like understood the importance of doing like a like a record scratch in the film's mm-hmm. overall tone. So what what's nice too about it sounds like Paris she didn't take that song herself or its placement too seriously. And she was like, yeah, this is funny. Yeah. It also probably takes Emerald Fennel going to talk to her to be like, this isn't a punchline, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're not making fun of you. Yeah. In yeah. this moment. Yeah. It's kind of a Greta Gerwig yeah. use. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because every song that you might imagine would be a punchline in a Greta Gerwig movie is actually Greta Gerwig. Like, Look, legitimately. Back with love, yeah. Yeah. It's a love letter to that song. So Fennel also said, when you see Bo and Carrie in that scene, you understand why they work. And they let me have it. And she talks about meeting Paris at a Golden Globes party for Killing Eve, which Fennel, I believe, wrote on. I have not actually seen Killing Eve. It's on my list. It is a Phoebe Waller-Bridge show. Mm, yes, I did know that. I the did. great And she said, I walked over and thanked Paris for letting me use it. And she was just as amazingly beautiful and charismatic and as Paris as I could have imagined. And uh, filming on the day was apparently... Just as fun as you might think it would be. And Fennel recalls, I think most of what ended up in the movie was scripted, but then you've got Bo and you just tend to let him go. I said in the script that Cassie is mortified and the more mortified she is, the more that Ryan sort of does the most over the top thing in the world. I think Bo Burnham is one of the great performers of the 21st century in in so many ways. And I keep trying to kind of fully understand his whole thing and, and can't. Can't ever quite put him in a box. I, I I think he's really fascinating. You had to explain his thing to someone who didn't know. What would you say? Sexy Andy Kaufman. <laughs> I once saw him in person too. He's he is exceedingly oh, he's tall. Super tall. Yeah, he's kind of like up there. No pun intended. With like some celebrities that I would like. I don't like to make a habit of running up to celebrities if I see them sure. in L.A. But he's definitely up there as someone who it would be hard for me to contain myself to just be like, stop being so funny. He's a very brilliant, talented, funny guy. And, you know, inside came at a time where I many people really needed it, but I also really needed it. And um, yeah, yeah, a super interesting artist that I, I look forward to everything he does for ever, basically. His line in Promising Young Woman, where, like, I know we're not meant to root for him ultimately, but spoilers when he says, when when they're exchanging I love yous for the first time. Yeah. And he is so happy that he just like stretches out his whole body and goes, I'm going to buy you a bicycle. Yeah. Like, right. Few lines have stuck in my memory like that one has. He's 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 excellent in the movie and he's excellent as like a, a an artist outside of this as well. Yeah. Anyhow, Fennel when she was talking to Billboard, she also draws the connection between how Paris and Britney Spears were so badly misrepresented in the media and Britney Spears's treatment in the peak TMZ and Perez Hilton years. Are, that's a discourse we have been having for a couple of years now since the free britney movement yes. really became mainstream and ultimately freed britney from her 13-year conservatorship so here is fennel talking about that paris was so gracious and so wonderful and so supportive and i think like britney spears like a lot of female pop artists and celebrities they've been used to being sort of misrepresented and taken advantage of 
all the things that these women have done. So I think it's important to treat their music in the way that it deserves to be treated. And I think it's brilliant and it's incredibly moving and it has a profound effect on people who listen to it because you're bringing your own relationship to something to the film. It's one of my absolute favorite songs. Even now when it comes on my shuffle, I still listen to it the whole way through. And fun fact, we haven't mentioned this yet, but... Uh, Stars Are Blind was initially earmarked for Gwen Stefani, which I can absolutely see. Yes. So this is the, this is something that I really wanted to talk about because the moment that I read this, I was like, yep, I can hear everything. I can hear Gwen Stefani's voice singing this song. The reggae stuff makes sense. And she even had kind of a, a song similar to this around this time. Maybe it's The Sweet Escape or something around this era that that felt very much like this song i was thinking the same thing and i couldn't really lock down whether Which song it, it was or that or whether it was when stefani all by herself or no doubt yeah 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 because no doubt had like a lot of reggae and ska influences as well do you think maybe underneath it all could be yeah, I think un- underneath it all feels like that as well. But I also can like kind of force my brain to retcon <laughs> Stars Are Blind and hear Gwen Stefani singing it in her like nasally kind of coquettish thing. Yeah, it makes sense. Maybe it's Simple Kind of Life. There's like so many. Oh, yeah, Simple Kind of Life. Yeah, there's so many. This feels like a, a piece. So yeah, I mean, we missed out on Gwen Stefani singing this, but like we got Paris. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. So when Stars Are Blind went viral again, thanks to its placement in Promising Young Woman, Variety spoke to songwriter Fernando Garibay, and Garibay talked about the backstory about the song itself. And he said, uh, it started out as a demo. I was working at Interscope in-house with Jimmy Iovine, and Dr. Dre, a staff producer, he said, I had the song idea for Gwen Stefani, and they said, That's awesome, but she's about uh, to have a she's about to have a baby. Oh no. <laughs> Which would like what render her incapacitated. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, come on. Okay. No one can sing while pregnant. <laughs> or postpartum. Yeah. I I probably they just couldn't put her on tour. Right? It's yeah. all about the, the, the money machine. Mm, does that doesn't it doesn't really age well. So then they ask, did you ever get to pitch it to Gwen? And Garibay says, we did not get to pitch it to her. It was a like a half thought out idea. And then he says, I had this random meeting with Paris's A&R at Warner Brothers. And he asked if I had any demos lying around that might be good for Paris. And I thought, and this is still Garibay, Paris Hilton doing a record? I asked <laughs> I asked him what she was looking for, and it was this era of pop rock that Paris was in this state where half the people loved her and half hated her. They hated her because she was successful and the first social influencer. So it was at the height of her success, though she had just come off of the simple life. And so for her first single, it needed to be this idea where people fall in love with who she really was. So I pitched the demo, and he said, that's fantastic, and we're looking at it. Garibay talked about what it was like to be in the studio with Paris. And this is kind of funny. He says, 
It was my first time meeting her. She pulls up in this fancy sports car, and instead of fighting the paparazzi, she worked every single camera angle as she walked into the studio, which was 30 to 40 feet from the door. We played the song, and she started singing in the microphone. It was perfect for her vocal tone, but she didn't really know it. We had to show her how to record. She's so talented, but needed some guidance. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, it's a skill like anything else. Yeah, and also this isn't like her day job. This isn't what she primarily does. Yeah. Yeah. And then he talks about how long it took to finish Stars Are Blind. And Garibay says, we spent about two months getting it right. Sometimes I'd have her for an hour. Other times I had her for three days. It would be recorded around her fittings and her typing. As we were recording, you can hear the clicks of her sidekick phone. Amazing. Which is so 2006. She tried to get us out of the studio to party and hang out, and we remain friends to this day. And there's an interesting quote from Jack Antonoff recently about producing Lana Del Rey and how she's like giggling and hitting her vape pen and sending text messages on the microphone. And he keeps those in her songs because it, it creates the like the aura of Lana Del Rey. And I think that this is like also part of that, right? You can, yeah. you can hear clicks of her sidekick phone on the recording because we are getting the entity Paris Hilton. Yeah. The sidekick. I never had one of those. Incredible. But I remember seeing them on the hills. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So today, Stars Are Blind has more than 50 million streams on Spotify. And it is widely considered an underrated classic. Following its rebirth in Promising Young Woman, Paris actually released an updated version. Yes, she did. In the vein of Taylor Swift, Stars Are Blind, Paris's version. And this was at the end of 2022, where she re-recorded her vocals and worked with uh, Garibay again. She also tapped Clint Gibbs to remix the project. I have to believe that it's it's sort of a uh, Taylor Swift adjacent thing where she re-recorded not just to boost sales, but to own the masters yeah. of things. Yeah, because she is a, a businesswoman yeah. uh, and a good one. Makes sense. So... I forgot about this, but while researching, I found the now viral clip of Paris performing Stars Are Blind with Miley Cyrus and Sia, which apparently went viral for all the wrong reasons. It's during Miley's New Year's Eve party, last New Year's Eve. Yeah, 2022. Mm -hmm. And Miley starts it out. Miley is like born to cover songs. I mean, she's an amazing singer and songwriter in her own right, but she, she is especially like a great, great cover song singer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Miley's covers of Call Me and Heart of Glass. And, mm -hmm. and yeah, she's Miley's another one that's just a, an incredible artist and performer and yeah. constantly reinventing herself for better or for worse. Yeah, so Miley's killing it on stage. Sia comes out. I don't know if Sia is the right choice for this song. Sure. I don't need to get into, I mean, I guess I could get it into why like it's just it didn't connect with me what like for the couple of minutes that i was watching like there's something so elaborate about the song and then just to see this wig come on stage yeah and see is so shy it like doesn't really make sense to like the song is very i don't want to say in your face but the song is is take me as i am sort of thing yes and yes. and it feels like that's not sia's brand yeah, yeah. So it just feels a bit misaligned is all, even though I think Sia is an incredibly talented singer and songwriter in her own right. But 
Anyhow, if not movie director, like we've talked about in previous episodes. And then finally, like for the final verse and chorus, Paris comes out and she doesn't really hit the notes. But and and Miley is really guiding her through it. Hey, man. It's okay. It's been it's been close to 20 years. It's fine. Live live your life. Yeah. Live your life. Have a good time. We love you. We love you, Paris. So we love you, Paris. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, Paris. Yeah. A few years prior, one of my favorite pop girlies, Kim Petras, covered Stars Are Blind, which makes so much sense for... I guess, but I also don't understand Kim Petras's whole thing. What do you... What do you mean by that? Isn't she like a YouTube... Doesn't she have like a podcast where she doesn't know anything? Does she? I think so. Best Frenemies? Is that I don't her? know. I, I only... I've never... If, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Genuinely, I've never listened to her on a podcast. Um, but I have listened to a lot of her songs like from maybe 2018 and on. And I just think she has like, I, I actually like, I don't, I don't love Unholy, the song that she won a Grammy for with Sam Smith. It's really not. I mean, I think I can see why they chose Kim Petras for it because mm-hmm. she's got a debaucherous streak in her lyricism. Like she's a very like sexual and and charismatic and like a lot of double entendres and innuendos and stuff. I love like her twenty nineteen songs like like icy and I'm definitely thinking yeah. of somebody else. Okay, so, some other YouTuber. Kim Petras so, is not, to my knowledge, a YouTuber. I mean, if she is, it's like a side gig. There was like a there was like a YouTuber that was pregnant last year. And when the queen died, they were like, oh, the queen's soul is going to go into this YouTuber's baby. Do you remember this? <laughs> no. <laughs> I can tell you, though, that it was not Kim Petrus. Um, Kim Petrus is actually trans. Oh, I'm thinking of Trisha Paytas. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Trisha Paytas is the, is the person who I don't understand. Kim Petrus is the person I don't know. Well, she has an amazing catalog of pop songs. Oh, I should check it out. And yeah, so now that you, I know that there's two different people. <laughs> okay, this makes so much sense now. So, Kim Petras actually like aesthetically kind of matches Paris Hilton. Like both sure. are very blonde and very like kind of LA girl. Even though Paris is from New York and Kim is from Germany. Okay. Yeah. Right and, around the corner. Mm-hmm. So the the two actually collaborated. In 2023, just this past summer in June, she and Paris re-recorded Stars Are Blind after Kim covered it a few years earlier. Oh yeah, man. Take another bite of that apple, ladies. Yeah. It really is the apple that keeps on giving. That's why they call it the big apple. (laughs) So it ends with Petra singing, I love you, Paris. You're that bitch. And no lies are told. No lies were told. And today, Paris is... A highly sought after DJ, at least to my estimation. I am not like an electronic music head, and I could not mm-hmm. tell you like to what extent electronic fans and club goers like legitimately love her as a DJ. But I've like from a pop music perspective, I think she is sought after and beloved. She famously turned down a high profile gig to. I think at the White House, actually, <laughs> to go to Amazing. Britney Spears to go to Britney Spears's wedding. Great, yeah, which is which has sadly ended. It seems which has ended, not the the marriage, not the wedding. Yes, and Paris is working with Steve Aoki currently on his next album. 
She, in June, also released the single Hot One, which Rolling Stone called a surprise dance banger. So it is arguable that Promising Young Woman helped revive Paris Hilton's music career. Deservedly so. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to discuss spoilers for Promising Young Woman and Paris Hilton's deep, dark secret history. We'll be right back. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. Welcome back. Welcome back. So, a little bit more about Promising Young Woman. The script, which was written by Emerald Fennell, who also directed the movie, was on the 2018 Blacklist, which is a list of the most liked unproduced scripts of the year. And it's uh, supposed to be this kind of grassroots movement in Hollywood to elevate scripts that were that are lesser known and lesser seen. And just like anything in Hollywood, it is very, very political. Not saying that Promising Young Woman didn't deserve it, but Aaron Sorkin, who had already written all of the West Wing, was at the top of the blacklist in 2008 with his script for the social network. So it's not like they're discovering underseen artists. And the script went on to win the best original screenplay Oscar at the 2021 Academy Awards, which was famously the one that was held in Union Station and oh, yeah. the, the Chadwick Boseman snub year. But Paris and Promising Young Woman's Cassie have a lot in common. Not just being underestimated by a male-dominated industry and having to use femininity to trick the male gatekeepers into letting their guard down, but also a staggering level of abuse, which caused 
this ultra feminine bimbo persona in the first place. So this is from an uh, opinion article that Paris herself wrote in USA Today. Quote, in my 2020 documentary, This is Paris, I revealed the secret that I had kept for more than 20 years. When I was 16, I was taken from my home in the middle of the night and spent almost two years at a series of residential treatment facilities. My parents had been conned into believing that my diagnosed attention deficit disorder behavior would be fixed through, quote, tough love. I'm still processing the trauma, doing the hard work it takes to tell the whole story in a memoir that will be published next year. And it takes all my courage to talk about it. But I couldn't stand knowing that children as young as eight years old are being sent to these, quote, troubled teen programs by parents who don't know and government agencies that don't care. I was repeatedly awakened by staff shining a bright flashlight in my face, pulled out of bed, told to be quiet as I was ushered down the dorm's hallway into an exam room, sleep-deprived and heavily medicated. I didn't understand what was happening. I was forced to lie on a padded table, spread my legs, and submit to gynecological exams. I remember crying when they held me down, and I kept saying no and asking why, and they just said, shut up, be quiet, stop struggling, or you'll go to OBS. OBS was short for observation, and it was solitary confinement in a tiny cinder block room with nothing but a drain and a roll of toilet paper. The room was freezing cold, and I was almost naked. I paced until I couldn't stand up anymore. Then I huddled on the floor and rocked back and forth, forcing myself to think about the life I would create for myself after I got out. I had a therapist once say something about tough love. You know what she said about tough love? It's, it's bullshit. It's not love. It's not love. So this troubled teen industrial complex shouldn't seem like a total surprise to people. Dr. Phil and and Maury and all of these kind of daytime quacks are sending bad teens to these camps on television all the They're time. They're like, we'll send you to boot camp. We'll send you to boot camp. This is an entirely unregulated and largely Christian indoctrinated stuff. There's a ton of sexual abuse. There's a ton of physical abuse at these things. And like Paris says herself, she spent a couple years there from like 16 to 18 because she was a bit of a wild child and her parents thought that this was the way to fix her to make her better we did a deep dive on this in a pretty harrowing episode of my podcast lyrics for lunch but eventually the conclusion that paris came to in her years in the troubled teen industrial complex is that no one would ever be able to treat her like this again and her carefully crafted simple life persona where she truly became a household name was essentially a piss take Paris knew how to scrub floors. She knew how to wash dishes and sweep barns. She was basically in a prison camp for two years. And that show was her pretending that she was too good for this stuff. And among other things, taking her power back. And in this documentary, this is in her documentary, This is Paris, they interview some of her compatriots at these facilities about watching The Simple Life for the first time and being like, oh, I know exactly what she's doing. Mm. She's playing the brat that would get punished in the situations that we used to live in. Mm. So in addition to The Simple Life, Paris also became uber famous when Rick Solomon released the sex tape where she was 22, he was 34. And as I mentioned earlier, when she said that she had been, quote, out of it and did not know what she was doing during the taping of this video and didn't approve for its release, Rick Solomon sued her. 
And sadly, this all has echoes in Cassie's story in Promising Young Woman. The title, after all, is a reference to Brock Turner, a Stanford University student who was convicted of sexual assault, but the judge sentenced him only to six months in prison on the basis that he was a, quote, promising young man. So just as we think Cassie is ready to give up on her quest for revenge, she discovers a recording, an audio recording of Nina's assault, and even worse, she hears Ryan's voice on it. Not that Ryan did anything. He's a nice guy after all. He just stood by and let it happen. But this confirms Cassie's worst fears and leads her to double down on her revenge plot. Writer and director Emerald Fennell told The Atlantic that Cassie looks the way the world wants women to look, which is pretty and soft and pink, but underneath it all is a boiling pit of rage, I suppose. She is a construction and a device. Sounds mm-hmm. kind of like Paris. Mm-hmm. And what about Ryan? Tall, nice guy. Nice, tall guy. <laughs> Embracing the camp of stars are blind and showing that he's a nice guy, TM, while hiding the secret that he's capable of covering up the rape of his girlfriend's best friend. There's been a lot of discussion of like shitty dudes weaponizing progressive feminist therapy language in order to manipulate women. Mm-hmm. Jonah Hill was recently accused of being not such a nice guy by his ex-girlfriend Sarah Brady because he, quote, set a boundary that she couldn't speak with other men or post any social media pictures of her in a bathing suit. She, by the way, is a professional surfer. And I'm definitely not the right host to talk about nice guys being shitty deep down. So I want to clear the lane for you, Rachel, to share your thoughts on the Ryans of the world. Oh, well, that that's uh, probably an answer that's going to be too long for the remainder of this podcast, but I will try to keep it succinct. Well, it took me a long time, I think, to understand the nuance of the nice guy versus a real genuine guy because I think these are two different things and are two different people. Well, I think that when I was very young in my late teens, early 20s, I thought, well, because I loved indie rock music, right? Mm -hmm. And I was looking for my, say, my, my Seth Cohen, who I could love indie rock together with. And I guess I assumed that because I loved these pieces of art that exquisitely laid out complex feelings in their writing, mm-hmm. then whoever I dated, if they also love these things, then they would have an equally, a, like an emotional intelligence to match. That was wrong. I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Emotional intelligence could not be further removed from the stuff that you like, right? And that was, I think, my journey. Yeah, That's interesting because like, a lot of us have come to a certain level of emotional maturity through the art that we consume. And when someone likes the art that we consume but has used it for evil or or has not come to the same kind of maturity through it, it feels like a double betrayal. Yeah. Right? There was once an article that I really wanted to write back when I worked at Spin, and I didn't actually end up writing it. It was too hard in a way 
to really gather sources and I just didn't have the time to, and the, to really dedicate to it. But I wanted to write something about like the lie of artistic men mm-hmm. who claim to be forward thinking feminists, progressive and educated. There are a lot of those, but they might have the theory. They just don't know how to put it into practice because yeah. of what society has taught them. And I oh, wanted yeah. to, and I've experienced this, like I, I, I personally dated who knows how many smart, educated, progressive, politically progressive, interesting men, boys. Boys. And then in the experience of actually living with them, and being with them every day got had a I had a front row seat to how society has enabled them and how they have not done any real introspection, any inward looking at themselves. I also have a you know a lengthier story that is probably too personal to sure. you know really expound upon in the podcast, but I have firsthand experience breaking up with someone who Everyone said when we started dating, he is the nicest guy. Such a nice guy. The nicest guy. And I think I kept dating him because, well, he's a nice and guy. And this is this is part of the cycle of abuse, right? Is, is abusers don't just groom their victims. They groom everyone around in the orbit because why? I wouldn't believe that X or Y or Z would be abusive because they're so nice to me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's this is just my experience. I think it does ladder up to a universal experience just with sadly yes yeah i came out of that relationship wanting like like i felt like there was a binary of like well he's the nice one and i'm the i'm the bad one you know because i had these i don't know more complex feelings about things and reactions to things that were never outsized i'm not a reactive person but yeah like probably about the time that i met Taylor, I hadn't like lost hope. Like I'm not a jaded type of person, but I knew what to look for. Let's just say oh, that. Yeah. 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 And Emerald Fennel did a interview with Rotten Tomatoes that asked that basically this question. Speaking of Seth Cohen, Rotten Tomatoes asks, when it came to casting the so-called nice guys of the movie, it feels like you went through a Rolodex and said, Who are the nicest seeming men in Hollywood? You've got Adam Brody, who played Seth Cohen on the OC, you've got Max Greenfield, Schmidt from New Girl, and Sam Richardson from Veep. Was the idea to cast these people we know and love from other roles? And Fennel said this. Well, it's a couple of things. I think that they're all genuinely brilliant, so I knew that they'd be able to do this. But they're kind of playing parts. All of these guys think that they're the nice guy. What is a nice guy? All of them think that they're, quote, nice. I said to Adam Brody, who is the first person that we see Cassie turn on in the opening of the movie, when we see when we were doing all that stuff, I said, this is the rom-com. You are the star of the rom-com. This is the beginning of a rom-com. This is the messy night where you guys meet, which becomes the love of your life. And if I'm reading this correctly, I think Fennel accurately identifies that these nice guys are so self-absorbed that they can't fathom a world in which that they are not the romantic lead. They're not actually listening to, to her, to yes. Cassie. Because there are moments when Cassie is still it quote in character. 
And she says no. And she says no. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to. I should go home. And they're like, no, 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 no. Just it's going to be let, fine. Let me uh, take your shirt off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think the media plays a huge role in this. As you, you were saying, that like media teaches us how to relate to people. In my screenwriting classes, I talk about this in the form of what I call the Indiana Jones problem. Oh, yeah. Okay. In Indiana Jones, we're all familiar. Indy wants to kiss Marion, who don't ask questions he had a relationship with when she was 15. But when they're both adults, he wants to kiss Marion. Marion doesn't want to kiss him. And his answer is to try harder. And that is, we, we look at, you know, a bunch of things saying that we teach men not to take no for an answer, yada, yada, yada. But the biggest problem with this scene is that he's right, that she does actually want to kiss him and his, tactic to just try harder to kiss her was the correct one so it's teaching young girls and young boys and young whoever that the consequence to being told no in this situation is to just try harder because the person actually wants it and is you know playing a game of some kind and this is why i think movies like promising young women are so culturally important i personally think the movie is good good to very good And we could do a plot point analysis of where I think it kind of pulls its punches, but it is extremely important for doing what we've been talking about today, which is giving young people of any gender, but especially cis, hetero, young people, characters who have agency and stand up for what they believe in and don't just demure when a nice tall guy sings Paris Hilton to them. Yeah. I really enjoy the way you like tie a tidy little bow on every Thanks, episode man. that we do. I yeah. try, do my best. It's great. So, this is where we leave you. Thank you for listening. If you like this episode, please check out our other episodes. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want more Paris Hilton content in your ears, check out the episode of Lyrics for Lunch where we do a deep dive into her tragic ups and downs. We are on Instagram at the InSync Pod. Find us there and let us know the answer to this question. What song would you just have to lip sync to in a convenience store? We'll choose randomly from the best answers and the winner will get some InSync swag. That's right. We have swag. Hell yeah. That's it for InSync this week. We'll see you next time. I guess stars really are blind. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Oh, 
Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately. Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.